Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Are you trying to master the game of life without success? There are secrets and strategies to living your best life. We'll share some of them with you on today's show. Take advantage of this series to become an expert at relationships. All relationships. It's time to live the life that you deserve to live. Now, here's your host, Sandra Reich. Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich, a show about living your very best life. And I've just come back from a wonderful trip in Calgary and Edmonton. I was speaking to nurses and caregivers and social workers. And um, I just want to, you know, put a little shout out and thank them for being so warm and uh, such a great audience. It was just wonderful to be with them. And that's a topic I love to talk about is, um, you know, caregiving and anxiety and the dances that go on between people, which is very close to the topic that we're going to do today. So first of all, if you'd like to join the conversation, feel free to call us anytime at one 472 5792 If you're not comfortable on the phone, you prefer to text, it's one 796 4357 with any questions. Or you can also send us an email at info at helpforanxietydepression.com. So... You know, when we try to think of topics for this show, this one was a personal favorite of mine. I remember growing up and seeing a book in my parents' house, and this is going to date me, uh, called Games People Play. And that's a actually really famous book. It's about uh, transactional analysis by Eric Byrne. Um, it was a really hot book in the 70s. Um, but the title itself is what burned in my brain. I wondered as a young young girl, do people play games? And why do people play games? And we all go through that stage where we're like, no, no, nobody plays games and we don't play games. But in fact, um, humans are playing games all the time. So I thought it might be interesting to do a show on the different kinds of games that go on and understanding them a little bit better. I mean, some games are necessary. Um, I have clients of mine who say to me, no, 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 I don't play any games. And I say, really? Would you come in here and tell me I'm looking a little bit older than last week? They say, no, of course not. Okay, well, technically that suggests that we don't say every truthful thought in our head. And thank God we don't, because there are some truths that are really too painful to tell people. And that's the flip side of this, is there's some people who insist they don't play games and they just don't filter what they say. And isn't that a problem too? So... Some games are, you know, part of life and some games are very, very problematic. And my hope today is to tackle both sides of those. I have um, the amazing and very, very um, psychologically brilliant Georgia Dow coming soon to join us on the show. And she'll give her perspective as well on the games that she sees in her office. But let's get started on um, some very typical games that people play. Um, so I'm reminded by the traps that I often talk about that people fall into. So there's um, caretaking trap, which is often seems like somebody's about to rescue you. Seems very nice at first. You're going to take care of someone else out of the kindness of your heart. Uh, usually turns out very bad because um, caretaking is a synonym for control. And um, the deal is I'll take care of you, but you better do what I want you to do. So that's one game I'd like to discuss today. And then there's the game of victimization. Another big one I see in my office quite often 
Um, this is where, you know, bad things have happened to you. And it's almost like without realizing it consciously, you're relishing in the victimization. It almost becomes like a competition over whose life is worse. Um, so when you're with this person, they definitely are not looking to be rescued. They're actually looking to show you how hard their life is. Um, I shouldn't say they're not looking for a rescue. They invite a rescue, but actually you will become a perpetrator. And I will explain that in greater detail soon. And last but not least, another one of my goals today is to discuss the game of martyrdom. Um, we all know this. My audience heard a lot about this the last few days. Um, this is the person who, you know, says, oh, no, 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 don't worry about me. I don't, I don't need anything. And this person doesn't take any time for themselves or any vacation and, um, their game is to be extremely important because they are so self-sacrificing. So why on earth would people play these games? They certainly don't sound like fun things. Why would people do this? And that's what I want to tackle today, that actually there are enormous payoffs for playing these games. And there's many, many more games that go on. And the part that's tricky is how do you stop yourself from getting hooked into a game? So, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, you get a phone call from someone and um, the person's, you know, right away, as soon as you pick up the phone, they say, um, hi, and you, know, you say hi and they go, hi. And you hear yourself wanting to say, what's wrong? But in your head, there's another voice that says, I don't want to ask what's wrong because they're about to tell me some long, horrible story. And somehow this is going to turn out bad for me. But you hear yourself saying what's wrong. And sure enough, they come with a story. And the story might involve something where there is an implicit message to rescue them. And if you're the type who's a little bit more of a caretaker, um, someone who likes to take care of people, and maybe somebody with a certain amount of guilt your next voice in your head might be something where you're offering to help, but you're secretly going, how am I offering to help? What's going on here? So what's going on so far? Um, well, both of you are locked into your roles. So, and everyone's playing their part very, very beautifully. So the first person is playing a very unconscious or conscious manipulative role of, I'm going to sound really pathetic and depressed, and hopefully you're going to offer to rescue me. And the other person is playing the role of, uh, um, if I'm a good person, I must rescue people. So I'm going to offer to rescue. And the next thing you know, you're offering to fix this person's problems. And the irony um, of all this situation is that once you've agreed to this, you're feeling pretty resentful, you're not happy. And actually, in the long term, let's call person one the victim. In the long term, the victim is instead of thanking you and appreciating you, the victim is going to turn you into a perpetrator. How on earth could that possibly happen? Well, it does. So to demonstrate this a little bit more, um, I want to refer to something called the Cartman Drama Triangle, which is um, something that um, Stephen Cartman, Hartman discovered many years ago, which is that when you rescue someone, so you rescue a person from victimization, the person at first is locked in the victim role and you're locked in the rescue role. But with time, eventually the victim will turn you into a perpetrator. 
And when the victim turns you into a perpetrator, you now become the victim. So I gave this example at the workshop the last couple of days ago, but I'm going to use it again, which is let's say somebody called you up and said, I'm in desperate trouble and I can't get out of it unless I had $10,000. And let's just say you said, you know what, I'm willing to loan you $10,000 for one month. And the victim said, oh, my God, you're the nicest person I ever met in my life. Thank you so much. And you feel pretty good because you did a really good deed. So this is how it starts. But what happens is a month from now, you call up the uh, so-called victim and you say, sorry, but a month has passed. Can I get my $1,000 back? And the victim says, I don't have it yet. Give me more time. And so you give the victim a bit more time and then you call them back and a few weeks later and you say, I'm really sorry, but I need my money back. And the victim suddenly says to you, you are disgusting. You're a money grubbing person. All you ever call me about is about your money. And you're in a state of shock because you started out as the world's greatest person loaning someone $10,000. You're now out $10,000 and you've just become this person's perpetrator. So as you hang up the phone, you feel very sorry for yourself because how on earth did you get into this? This is where the expression, no good deed goes unpunished comes from. And you start to feel very sorry for yourself. And guess what? You're now in the victim role. So it's very interesting how you can switch roles when you get caught in a dysfunctional dance. And that's really why I wanted to talk about games people play, because what the way to get out of this is to never fall into one of those roles. And in this particular example, one of the roles is rescue, victim, or perpetrator. And how would you get out of that? Well, here's a really great strategy when people are calling you or telling you really difficult things is you want to call upon um, a skill known as empathy. And you want to be empathetic to people's pain, uh, but not necessarily rescuing them from their pain. And that's very hard for a lot of us to do, especially if some of us were socialized to uh, feel that we're supposed to rescue people from pain, but actually we're not, we're actually not people rescue themselves from pain. And, um, we are not talking about a trained professional here or, you know, in a therapist's office, we're talking about in your personal life. So what we want to do is we want to empathize with people and, you know, tell them that we feel for the pain they're going through without in any way suggesting a fix, And if in any way we were going to offer help, it would be a help that empowers them, not rescues them. So let me explain. Instead of loaning them the $10,000, what if you said to them, why don't you come over tonight and I'll help you with your CV to help you get a job? Now, chances are they won't come because that's not really what they're looking for. But that would be empowering and helpful. And, you know, it's teaching someone, as they say, how to fish instead of getting the fish for them. So that's one example of uh, a game and a a very dangerous cycle that you can get into. Um, As I mentioned, victims drawn to their life perpetrators and perpetrators drawn to their life victimization. So how does that happen? Well, I guess one of the steps also that we have to think about is, and maybe this is something we can think about on the break, but What is the story that you are telling yourself at this moment in your life? 
is it a story of empowerment? Do you feel like you're a fully empowered person or do you feel that you do fall into the victim sometimes or even into a rescuer? That's going to be, tell us a lot about the games that are played uh, with you and in your relationships. Do you play games in your relationship? Text us. Tell us if you do. one 796 4357 And what kind of games do you play? And which games are effective and work well? Because there are some games that are effective. Um, you know, just as a little teaser before the break, in marriage, for example, you know, it's not every thought that goes in your head that necessarily needs to be shared to make for a good marriage. We have lots of evidence that perhaps sharing every single thought could be a problem. So when we come back, we'll talk more about that. We'll be right back on Straight Talk with Sandra Rich. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at HelpForAnxietyDepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or HelpForAnxietyDepression.com. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety. Featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. Okay, so uh, today's topic is games people play. And my God, we play a lot of games uh, some are good and some are appropriate and some are really not. Some, And you kind of feel it, don't you? When you're around someone and they're playing games with you and it doesn't feel good, it's, you know, those are the games that are probably not so appropriate. Um, you know, people who are waiting for you to pursue them and find out things about them by being very coy. Uh, that's an, one example of a game. But right before the break, we talked a little bit about... Um, some games being okay. And I guess it depends what you consider a game, right? So because um, I work a lot with couples and I have had couples in my office that have said to me 
that they share every thought in their head with their partner. And it hasn't worked out too well. I remember a case many years ago where somebody told me that she was having a sexual fantasy of someone else while she was being intimate with her husband. And she said she doesn't believe in games. So she decided to share that with her husband. Yeah, that didn't work out too well. Um, so maybe this is going to sound a bit controversial, but there are some thoughts in your head that belong in your head, not necessarily to be shared. And if that's considered playing a game, then that might be considered a game that is a good thing because, um, we do in life sometimes have to quote unquote, play the game in our work situations. That's another good example where we, you know, I teach a lot of people about having healthy confrontations and having an evolved discussion with someone, um, you know, and that applies to your good friends and your family members, ideally, um, and certainly people who are evolved enough to be able to handle that. But what if you're working with people, uh, who are not evolved enough to handle that and you're thinking, well, I'm going to have these healthy confrontations with them that also, may in fact not work out. So that might be another example where you sometimes do have to play some games. And what I mean by games is sort of have a good face on and get along with the people you work with. In or, and, and you do that for your sake. You don't do it for their sake. You do it for your sake because you don't want to get into the dirt with them. And that's another piece of the puzzle is that and that's another another game that people do is they justify getting into the dirt because other people get into the dirt. And uh, on straight talk and in my office, I like to tell people that just because someone else gets into the dirt does not mean you have to get into the dirt. As a matter of fact, I've been known for saying that if you get into the dirt, all you get is dirty. Don't recommend that at all. So I'm thinking that um, you have to really consider then your work situations that maybe, um, maybe it's not wise to get into the dirt with people. Uh, something to consider is knowing the audience who can handle having a healthy, honest, straightforward discussion. Um, who can do that and who cannot. So if you have somebody who can handle a straightforward discussion like that, it's probably a good idea to have a sit down with them, but perhaps not in a work situation. So uh, another example of where we sometimes do have to put our game hat on is with our colleagues at work is we need to get along with them and we need to create a peaceful environment. Uh, so again, games are not all bad. There are aspects to them that are problematic and there's aspects to them that are quite socially appropriate. We go to funerals. It's not the appropriate time, as we know, to have a laughing fit, for example. Even if we feel like laughing, it's not the appropriate time. For some reason, I'm reminded of a Seinfeld episode right now, but I divert. So what about those dysfunctional games and what is going on when there is dysfunction in relationships where there's gaming uh, gaming going on? What about the over-functioning, under-functioning dance? That's a big one that people do too, where one person is working very hard in the relationship and the other person is sitting back in the relationship. Is that not an unconscious game? I would argue yes. Um the what's the payoff for someone who's over functioning? Why are they over functioning? What could be their goal? Why are they doing it? Why are they taking it all on? And if you're really honest, if you are that person who takes on a lot of responsibility in your household, 
if you really want to get honest, and you know, I those of you who listen to the show often know I'm very big on being honest with yourself. It's even when the truth is not always so pretty. That's okay. Um, and I can say this really as an overfunctioner myself um, that the payoff for overfunctioning is once again control. So uh, part of the game that overfunctioners play is that they take control over everything and then they're bitter towards the people around them that the people around them haven't done anything. We see this a lot in couples. Um, it tends to be, it's not gender specific, but often we see women who are doing everything around the house and I'll say to them, well, why are you doing everything around the house? And they'll say, well, he does nothing. And I'll say, well, how about you don't do it and let him do it? And very often the next comment out of the client's mouth is that, yeah, but he won't do it correctly. That's a game because if you're overfunctioning and you're bitter about it, you have the option not to overfunction and it's it's very much an important choice that you could do, but you're choosing to t- stay in that role because perhaps it gives you the vitamins of feeling you're really important and as I said, control. Now, what's the payoff for the person who's underfunctioning? Why are they underfunctioning? underfunctioning? What's their payoff? So, the underfunctioner also, they're getting a free ride. and But strangely, it doesn't actually make them feel so good. So if you look at situations like that, where you have an underfunctioner, you would think that maybe the underfunctioner would be very grateful to the overfunctioner and very happy. Uh, specifically in the game of marriage, if you will, it's actually the opposite. The underfunctioner feels secretly deep down inside or maybe on an unconscious level so bad about themselves um, that they actually resent the overfunctioner, which leads to a whole other new dance that comes out of this. So overfunctioners doing everything, underfunctioners sitting back, watching TV, chilling out, should be thrilled, has a great deal there. But in fact, is and when this is gender specific, when it is female male, and quite often that dance goes on that way, Uh, The male often doesn't feel like a man. And I work a lot with couples uh, with this situation. And I'll work with the woman and ask her to let her husband step up to the plate and be a man. But that means that she has to let go of control. She can't overfunction. And that's where it gets really, really tricky. Because then we really see what's going on. Because sometimes we don't want to let go of control. But yet we want to keep complaining. And that is a game. So you have to check with yourself. And you can check with yourself right now. Even think about your own marriage or anything that's going on in your life. Any dance you're in. Any relationship where you feel you're carrying too much responsibility. And you got to get real, really real with yourself and ask yourself, what is the payoff here? What is the payoff for... um, taking on this much responsibility. And I've already told you it's most probably control and feeling really important. And you got to ask yourself, is this working for me? Is it really making me feel important? Is it really giving me control? Because it is really an illusion of control when you think about it, because you're controlling everything, which means you're really controlling nothing. So it's really something to think about these games that go on and what they invite in other people. So, as I mentioned, the underfunctioner game is like, I'll sit back and do nothing and hopefully no one will notice. And 
I'll let my wife, let's say, for example, have all the control she wants. But you see, the problem is then she gets upset with you and it doesn't work out so well. It's another example of a game that goes on. Another one I want to think about is also the self-sacrificer, the one who says, I don't care whatever you want is fine with me. It's good with me. That's a game because we always do care. And the self-sacrificer says things like, I have no needs and whatever you want, I'm okay with that. And the game there is really that that person doesn't want to take any responsibility for their life. And that is a huge game. So you're about to go for dinner with someone and you say, where do you want to go? And they go, I don't know, wherever you want to go. I would recommend being careful with that because um, it feels good in a way because you're being given the control but, but you will pay for it later because the one who doesn't want to be responsible is still lightly to complain about the choice of restaurant you went to. So you really, really don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. You want to be able to ask the person when they say they don't want, they don't want to make a decision. You say to them, okay, well, why don't we take a minute and you think about where you want to go? Because I want this to be a mutual situation that we both agree, agree on. So that's very important in a relationship. And if we're going to talk about games people play, remember that relationships are teams, types of little teams you've got going on with your husband, with your friend, with your colleague. And a team sport is not one person fully in control and the other person sitting back. That can only lead to the beginning of the end or what I would call destruction. Something to think about. We'll be right back on Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety. Featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. 
We're back. Back and I'm so happy because I have the great honor and privilege to have one of my colleagues with me, and I think she's going to offer a little bit of new and different perspective on the games people play because it is such a huge topic. Let me first introduce her, and then we'll get some scoop from her on the games that she sees show up in her office because I talked a lot about couples and caretaking and victimization. I think she's going to talk about a few other ones. So first of all, her name is Georgia Dow. She's been on Straight Talk many times, and she is a colleague and a friend of mine. I'm very fond of her. Um, she has a brilliant, brilliant mind, and she has helped really thousands and thousands of people. And for those of you who are listening who I just met in Calgary and Edmonton, she is the girl on the anxiety videos with me and a fantastic specialist in these things. And anxiety people, by the way, play lots of games. So welcome back to the show, Georgia Dow. Ah, thank you very much. It's nice to be here. I'm so happy you could make it. Thank you. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm so happy you can make it. Um, Georgia, what I just said, isn't it true, would you agree, that anxiety patients and depression patients, for that matter, tend to play a lot of games? Yeah, I think I think people in general play a lot of games. Even if you're not dealing with anxiety and depression, I think that people are almost taught to play these games. These games are our protection. They stop us from getting hurt. Yes. They, they again, we, we set things in motion because we're really worried about success or a fit. Like, we're taught not to be open and transparent in life because we still have that primal part of our brain that people are out to get us. Yes. So disclaimer, so that you're aware, I did actually say on the show, you weren't here yet, that some games I think are quite good. I mean, mm -hmm. they're socially appropriate games. I gave the example of I don't really need someone to tell me you have a few more wrinkles this week. Right. Thank you very right. much. And we're in our work situations. Maybe it's not always a good idea to have that sit down conflict. Sometimes we have to just smile and get along with our coworkers. Yes. And then people will say to me in my office, well, I don't like to play games and I will go the opposite route and say sometimes you have to play games. So what life, life is a game. Yeah. So what life is a game is a great sentence. I'd like you to explain that. And I'd like you to make a distinction between or give an example of a good game and a bad game. So yes. what do you mean by life is a game, Georgia? So I, I think that we are all trying to put our best foot forward. And sometimes, you know, people often self-sabotage when they're saying, well, I'm just being honest, right? We say we're being honest, but really what we're doing is we're hurting others and that's an excuse to be able to harm others, which ends up harming us as well. And so uh, a good example to that might be that you would say, um, you know what, I, I really don't know uh, if that looks good on you to someone that that would be inappropriate to, or telling someone too much that might actually hurt them yeah. and cause pain. And sometimes we do that maybe not consciously vindictively, but because we're a little bit upset. And that's often the excuse people say, well, it was honest. Yeah. You know, I, I'm I, a little suspicious when I hear that, when people yes. say I was just being honest. Yes. When my clients tell me that, I go, okay, what was their motivation for telling you something so hurtful? Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, they, they, they would probably only be honest when it is it suits Convenient. them, right? Yeah. You're getting something from that. Yet there's sometimes healthy games that I tell people to play. And, and similar to you, I'll say, say, um, you know, you're trying to date someone. Yeah. You shouldn't be too forward with them at the beginning. You shouldn't always be the one to call back. Sometimes you have to, again, people like to hunt. They like yeah. to play a little bit hard to get, make sure that they've worked for it. People like that. And people say, well, I don't want to play games. But we're all playing games all the time. Well, I go yeah. in for a job interview and I feel like crud. I'm not going to say, oh, hi, I feel horrible. I've been dealing with this. I couldn't even, and, and be, that's honest. It could be true. But I'm going to try to put my foot, best foot, foot forward. forward. That's yeah. also a game. Yeah. I go to my in-laws the first time 
time that I my my boyfriend or girlfriend's parents' house the first time, I'm not going to tell them of all of the horrible things that I've done in my life. No, probably not. It's probably that's true, but and but you know they're not going to you know if I say that right away, they're going to judge me in a different way, and I have an understanding of that. And you could say that's also a game, but I think that that's also a socially appropriate socially game. appropriate game. So those are like again okay, we we even recommend them. Yes. What are the dark games? I talked mm-hmm. already about the rescue mm-hmm. victim dance mm-hmm. and how you end up you start at a rescuer and you end up being a perpetrator. Yes. What are some of the ones that really show up for you as dark games that people play, Georgia? Oh, I have some that I really. Love, uh, love, like, like you I hate, find that, but you love. That, 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 interesting. I, that are interesting because we can really help people change this. And they're Go almost, you're invisible to the games that you play, right? But it's setting traps for others. So yeah, talk about that. I love so this that. is one that happens often in couples. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's your, your birthday and you've, you know, you thought you've sent hints and you know that your mate is really bad at remembering your birthday. <laughs> right. And so you'll pretend, not give them any, you want them again, maybe because you want to say that if they remember, that would be love to me. Yeah. And so you say nothing in hopes that they will, will remember, uh, I might but have been you guilty know, of this game. It's, it's, I, I have to <laughs> full disclaimer. I might've done this one in my life, but right. you're right. I've right. learned that that's a bad know, game. Yeah. Because you have to know who they are. Right? right. So like for me, I'm bad with times and dates. Like it's just <laughs> really? not just, Really? Georgia Dad? Sorry, this is yes. live on the radio and yes. I'm being sarcastic. Yes, but it's yes. true. I'm, yes. I, it's not I my know. strength. I know. So if my husband is hoping that I'm going to remember our anniversary, I couldn't even tell you now what date is our anniversary. I would I would fail at this. And then you've let me hurt you. Okay, so that. the so trap, the is, trap not is not anything. saying anything purposely, not giving any hints. I'm not trying to help you out. I know you're going to drown and I'm just going to watch you drown and then I can now blame you for it. So you didn't love me enough to remember and make you feel bad. But again, everyone is who they are as a person. And so you want to also help your couple treat, let them know what is love to you and then allow them to do that. What would that look like though? Because people will hear this and say, mm-hmm. but they'll say, but if I tell him or her, that's my birthday, that then I'm doing the work for him or her. You could, again, make sure someone else reminds them, make sure they've set it up on their phone. You could help them out. Put a little hint somewhere. Because and you don't think end, that takes anything away from the birthday? Not only does it not take it away, but then you feel loved and they can care about you. And then you feel better because what you're doing is you're destroying the fabric of a relationship. And you have to accept people for who they are. People can change a little bit, but we don't change that much. And so whoever you love, if you set a trap for them, you've set it and you know they're going to fall into this trap because of who they are as a person. And it's unfair. So setting a trap is a bad game. So and when you define setting a trap by, let's say, withholding information from someone. Yes. Where they could set, I guess, withholding information that could help them succeed. Yes. And loving you or yes. being kind to you. And feeling loved. Because probably if we, we really looked into the setting of a trap, you're angry and you want a reason to be angry at them. You want you proof. want You want to say, now I can, I, I have this resentment because you've forgotten through the years and this time I'm going to get you on it. Hmm. And so there's a little bit of a hurt that comes in from that, that anger is actually displaying a hurt that I didn't feel loved before and now I want you to heal that wound by loving me. But again, people are who they are to it. And you could say that's not fair though, Georgia, but I would say, no, it's not. Everyone has their own differences, strengths, and weaknesses play to someone's strength, not to their weaknesses, unless you want them to disappoint you, because then they will, and you've allowed them to. And I think that we do that a lot in relationships. We allow people because we hope that they will 
change, be someone different, wake up, get that, ah, no, I get it. But if they had gotten that, they probably would have gotten it already by now. Okay, so that was a great example of setting traps. Are there other things that come to your mind in terms of setting traps? Like the birthday one is excellent. Do you see other ways that people set traps? Is one, does one come to your mind right now? I, I think that the other one is, uh, or do you have any that, that you see that happens? No, I also no. have the one of like, Go ahead. Of like um, you know, not spending the time with each other. You need something from them. Uh, yes. And now I'm just going to withdraw from you. Because now I'm angry and I'm going to allow myself to kind of move away. And I know that you're avoidant, so you're not going to be able to come to me. Oh, well, can you, okay, so let's explain that. I love that. That's a really good example. So for our listeners, not everyone knows what it means to be avoidant. Mm-hmm. So an avoidant is, is an attachment style and it's an anxious attachment style where the way people deal with their stress is to move away from it. So you're saying if person A wants to spend time with person B and person B is not spending time with them, person A might take their marbles and play on their own and be all like upset about it. Yes. But if person B is an avoidant, that's going to make them even more avoid you because yes. they're un- right. Is yes. that what you're talking about? And then, and then, you know, again, taking some time for like a period of time is good and healthy and we should do that sometimes. And you want people to recognize where it is, but I have people that are not, it's not like a day that they're avoiding. They're actually emotionally now becoming distant. And now I'm going to get my emotional feeling of good somewhere else, right? Now I'm going to move away from you. I can blame you for not taking care of me. And now I'm going to find something else. Again, uh, maybe it's, and this is a trap we set for ourselves. This is self-sabotage. Maybe I'll start uh, chatting with someone. Oh, that's talk a, with a secretary. That's another example of the game. I'm now going to, going to get my emotional attack. I'm not going to work on the marriage or in the relationship that I'm in. I'm going to find something else to soothe me, to make me feel better. And that will work. And this is a trap we kind of set for ourselves. So, okay, so you brought two really important things that I want to get to. So I'm so glad you're here. So number one is that um, if we take this to real life, if some, if I felt like I wasn't spending enough time with my husband, instead of sort of pulling away from him, what you're saying is that to not get into that trap game would be to go, hey, let's go for coffee tomorrow night. Yeah, or say, you know what, I feel like I, we need to spend more time, like be honest and just say, I feel more distant from you is something happening. What if your partner it? says, well, I don't feel that way at all? Well, you want to say, well, I bet I do. Yes, and I do. Let, do you want to work on this? And I'm sure your clients say at this point, but if I have to ask, it doesn't count. Right. But it's a, a relationship, right? right? And you're partners to each other. So if, say, we were uh, tennis players mm-hmm. and I have a really great backhand and you have a really great shorthand and so you can be close to the net and I, I'm good at back to the net. But you're saying, well, I'm never going to go close to the net anywhere. And you know that's my weakness. You could say that. It's not fair that you always have to take all the things close to the net. That That's true. It's not fair. But you just pulling back, now we just both lose the game. Right. It's a great, great analogy. Thank you for that. I love that. I really do. It's a great analogy. It's I don't know how you just came up with that on the spot. It's excellent. And also, you brought up something that really got me thinking, which is why I love when you come here, is that you brought up slippery slopes and you, t- you brought up how easy affairs can happen. And that's mm-hmm. a game too. And that's a mm-hmm. game you play with yourself mm-hmm. because there's attractive people everywhere. Yes. And, um, things may be not going so well at home. And what's the difference between those who have affairs and those who don't is really nothing other nothing. than slippery slopes yeah. because people come to my office and say, Oh no, 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 it couldn't happen to me. But I submit it could happen to anyone yes. if you let the slope slip. 
Yep. So what's the slope? Slipping is the game is you say, it'll be okay, it's just a coffee. When you have that feeling, what I like to call the loins, everyone laughs at me when I say it. <laughs> just everyone laughs. Yes. But there's a feeling in your body and you mm-hmm. know there's something. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm in a happy marriage. You're in a happy marriage. Yeah. I truly believe, maybe she's going to get mad at me for saying this. I truly believe that does not mean that you would not be capable and I would not be capable of slipping that slope. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And how oh, many people God. have we seen that have been in very happy, loving marriages and still had affairs? I think that that's another, you know, the lies that we tell ourselves is that, well, if that's okay, you know, I was, if I was in a happy marriage, I'm immune to this. I'm yeah. immune to emotional or sexual or like alluring feelings towards someone else. I'm now immune, which is not true. Anyone, again, it's a dopamine thing. When you're in a a relationship for a long time, it becomes more familial. Your family, you don't get the same butterflies that you used to. And so when you feel the butterflies to someone new, you're like, at first you'd be like, well, oh, that must be that I don't love this person anymore and I love them. But it's just a level of dopamine, which is very alluring. It is the crack cocaine of the brain. (laughs) And we can all get addicted to that feeling. Yes, indeed. And it feels great, better than anything else. People have started wars for this. People have taken things they shouldn't. They've done horrible things for this feeling. And unfortunately, that also goes away and you end up in a emotionally uh, familial relationship with a new person. Right. It's got about a two-year shelf life at most. It's addictive. It's It's very, very addictive. addictive. But it starts with a game. It starts with a game in your head, telling yourself Mm -hmm. it's okay, and then justifying it. Yes, and the justification. The justification is a very big part of the game. And I think that where we're going to go to from here as – as I said, there's thoughts that come up in my head, such as we can just flirt with this for a minute before we take a break, is also if somebody you're married to has done something wrong yeah. and you're holding a grudge yeah. for many, many years, like even if it was something very serious, but you're staying in the marriage and you're holding a grudge, I right. think forgiveness is also an antidote to the game because Ooh, the game the game is I'm good and pure and you were weak and bad. Oh, yes. This is a good Is that one. not a game? That is. And that's so good. And we we stay and now I'm going to torture you. I'm yes. going to make you pay for this every day. That's the martyr. Yeah. That's the that's martyr. A that's, that's a, a martyr. One. I see yeah. that a lot. It's, it's so good that I know I want to make sure we have enough time on it. So let's take a break. Think You guys think about it too. How many games or which games do you play in your life? Which ones are working for you? Which aren't? Mm-hmm. You're always welcome yeah, to. I, uh, good, I just thought oh, of when you said that. Yeah. Good, oh, give yeah. us a hint. We still have a minute. It, it's just um, how, how you know when you're, when you're going to play a game. It's like just a little Ooh. tip for you to say, oh, I might be about Ooh. to start a game. It's a thought that I have. Yeah, that's a good teaser. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. 
Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Your life, your health, your network. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. So we're back with Straight Talk with Sandra Reach, and I was just taking a moment, and I must say it publicly, uh, to express gratitude to Georgia Dow for joining us here today and so many other times. She is a colleague and a friend, and I I need to say it so many times, Georgia, you you bring so much to this field and to the radio show, and I just want to thank you for all that you offer, and you oh, help so many people. You're, you um, are so sweet. Like, really, that is your, you, you, my husband always says this about Sandra's, you, you can see the light in other people, which is well, a beautiful Well, there's lots thing. of light there. Them, well, there is. is. So nice. And, you know, I'm just this show, you've added so much. So we left with two concepts. Let's do both of them. One was the idea of if your husband or wife has done you wrong and you decided to stay with them. So let's even go with the affair concept. Let's say your partner Mm -hmm. had an affair, Mm -hmm. is very repentant, and you've decided that you want to work it out because a lot of people do decide they want to work it out, and there's certainly nothing wrong with that. But yet you still keep a piece of you separate and somewhat of a bitter look on your face. What's going on there? Well, I think that that sometimes it's that someone you haven't healed yet and you need to heal, and it's a a difficult thing to go through that feeling of, of betrayal that you feel to that. And then, but now you're punishing the other person, which is actually damaging the relationship to that. I have couples where they've had an affair and the relationship becomes better because they learn from it. And any negative experience, you can become better from this. Okay. Um, So what's going on is that they're getting locked into a role of Good guy, bad guy, right? Yes, yes. Tell, say mm-hmm. about that. Well, say we do that. a lot of that eh, in life. Good oh, guy, yes, bad guy. Yes. I'm a good guy. You're a bad guy. Yes. Right. Yes. And we do it in marriage, but we do it in friendship, and we do it with colleagues, and we do it with mm-hmm. religion. Yes. We do it with politics. We do yes. it across the yes. board. And we, I mean, look we, at the world right now with all the things that are going on. You're, you're right. Good. You're and, right. And you know what? Don't get me started because I'm going to get on my soapbox here because the thing is we watch the news. We hear about things, people doing really dumb things. There's mm-hmm. a bunch of dumb things this week. Mm-hmm. But we also take a position of superiority, like as we if we've that. never done anything we bad. We love to it say that it crazy. wouldn't happen to me. Oh, then right. we say that we're immune, right? That's when we victim blame. Victim That's blame. when we throw our, we're the ones to throw the th- first stone to that. That's when we um, judge others. So that's a game too, isn't it? All of those are games and they're, they're lies because really in any situation, any of us could probably do anything, right? Yeah. We hear about the um, Stanford experiments or the Mil- Mil- whatever, Milgram, thank you experiments. And we're yeah. like, that, I would never do that. Well, I would be let me, let me, I'm never racist. I'm okay. never sexist. I'm, I'm so glad you're saying that. So else, I'm right? going to mention the Milgram experiments so that people know what we're talking about. So this was an experiment 
experiment. It was done a long time ago where people were told that they pushed a button that they would cause a shock in someone else. And they were told to push the button and people, the experiment proved that people use the, I was just following orders uh, argument. They would literally hear the person screaming. It was all fake. And they would be pushing the button. So again, most people see this kind of experiment, like Georgia Wells said, with sit in judgment, like you would never do that. Unfortunately, the experiment proves it's in our human nature. That's the problem. Same with racism. Racism, this is all getting very controversial in straight talk, but racism is inherent in our culture. So those of you listening who think you've never had a racist thought, we me and Georgia might challenge you on that. So it's that good guy, bad guy thing, mm-hmm. right? Right. We're yes. good and they're bad. Yes. Okay. And the only way not to be racist would be not to notice differences in race, right? right. And which, our which is, is which not- is racist, by the way. That is racist, yes. by the yes. way. Because yes. that's a racist comment too. To yes. say I don't see color, that's like yes. not the smartest statement ever. No. Yeah. We're getting all political. We're going to get ourselves into trouble. We're going to get into a little bit yeah. of trouble. Yes. You you left on the break and you left the teaser that there is a way of knowing mm-hmm. when you're about to play a game. I would love to know what you're talking about. So it's uh, it's 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 um it's a really interesting one because it goes kind of like this. In your head, you say to yourself, "Ooh, I bet they're going to forget to water my plants today." <laughs> And you say, I'm just going to wait and see. So oh. you have that little thought of, ooh, I bet they're going to oh my God, aren't do we all, something wrong. Are we all guilty of this one? Yes, we all play games. Okay. We all do play okay, these games. I'm getting a little nervous No, now. no, but we do. We all <laughs> play these games. And we hope that they're not going to fall into this. So what's wrong with that? Because in the end, and, and you want not your plants watered. is that, it? what does it end up with, right? You knew they were going to do it. And then they did it, just like you knew already they were going to do. And so it's like seeing your partner drowning and say, I'm just going to wait and see how long they drown for. Another. And they'll, they'll, they'll drown and you end up, your plants end up looking a little wilty. So what do you and suggest? you get to get angry at them. Oh, so the game bit, is to get angry. I now get to say, I'm better than you. I win. I was right. You were wrong. Okay, so I'm really finding this very interesting because, okay, so it's, you know, full disclosure here. So one of my things is I don't like when people are irresponsible. Yes. I'm a very responsible person. I don't like when people are irresponsible. Yes. So in that example that you just gave, so if someone's about to be irresponsible. Yeah. If I was not to play a game, what was, what am I to do? Am I, because when to be. Argued that that's being overly responsible for me to remind the person to be responsible. If you're not going to be angry if the plants don't. But I will water, be angry. Ah, you see, that's the difference. If you're not going to be angry, and it's not going to cause a negative thing, and they're not going to drown, it's not going to cause a problem. Then let them see, because you also want people to learn. Yes, but there's no have, learning without consequences. There's no learning without consequences to that, and that's okay. But if this is a plant that you love, and now you know you have that feeling of a little bit of like a good I, I want to win I want them to to hurt from this that's a game where you're actually letting them suffer in hopes that like let let not letting them letting them fail in hopes that then you can make them suffer so what's the you're antidote not, the antidote is just saying you know please if you could I would love for the plants to be watered it would be I'd really be upset if my plants weren't watered I just wanted to send a little reminder to that or Know that, you know, you water your own plants if you need to. If they didn't water it, you just say, why weren't the plants watered to that? I was worried that you might not do it. And then say, you know, what could we do to fix it? Yeah, so you could work with the person to to, come up with a strategy. To have a strategy to get through this. Because people, when you have that little feeling, it's for a reason. We are great 
at knowing, foreseeing what people will do. And some people are better at that than others. But many people are really good. We know. We know when someone's going to do something because it's not their strength. And then we're just, we've set the trap and we're just waiting till they fall into whatever they're going to do. And then we get to say, yeah, you know what? I was right. You were wrong. And I win, you lose. I'm good. You're bad. Right. And that's why we do it, right? And that's, and that's why we do it. If, it. Again, sometimes we don't do it for that reason. Then that would not be a game. We might just be like, I hope they water the plants. But it's not that, that's that little feeling of like, I can't wait till they fall in. I'm already angry at you. I just want you to. Fall I'm, in the trap. Exactly. I'm, I'm leaving it. I'm not going to say anything so when like I could. A, it's almost like a drug hit, right? Because mm-hmm. then I get to feel my superiority over yes, you. Yes, or anger, or now I get to really lay into you. It's If it's not with that kind of a feeling, it's not a game that you're actually setting up to them. It's when you have that feeling of, I want them to fail. And we and know. And I'm going to let you fail. And we know when we have that feeling. Oh, yeah. You Just, see that woman. She's She's going to the party, and you're going to the party, and you don't like her. And she's got the toilet paper, her, her skirt's tucked into her underwear, and she's just going out. And you're like, you know, can't wait. You know? Like, again, I'm not saying you have to say it. It's fine to sometimes have negative thoughts towards people. You don't have to be always righteous. But it's that kind of a feeling of like, oh, this is going to be good. And that's the, what you don't want to have in a relationship. Well, Georgia, I think it's full circle moment here. I think, you know, if we started the show with the idea that, we always know the truth, but you, we got to tell ourselves the truth, even if the truth is not pretty. Mm-hmm. And then you got to look at also, maybe this is the takeaway. I'll ask you if you agree is ask, what is the outcome you want? Do you mm. want to be right? And it comes back to, do you want to be oh, right? Like or do you want to be happy? Yes. Really does. So if I want to yes. be right, you don't want the plants. I prove to you that you're irresponsible. Yes, I win. Yeah. Okay. Or do I want to be happy and have my plants watered? It's really that simple. Yes, and, and have a happy relationship yeah. with colleagues, friends, family members, it's it's one of these things and, and be true to you, which is it's, you know, it's a difficult thing to sometimes do to be able to say, you know, I'm going to try to do the right thing just for me. Well, I mean, I think that, you know, people can learn to go for the true happiness instead of the being right thing. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a type of emotional intelligence and it's practice, 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 but maybe something, maybe the you know last thought on this, my last thought, and I don't know what, don't know what yours is, is that maybe having a happier life is with less of these negative games. Georgia, your last thoughts. I, I, I fully agree to that. I think that um, there, there are some games in the end, which, how do you know which games to play? It's, by what is going to do the most good and what is going to cause the most of a positive response that if you're ever knowing, is this a good game to play or a negative game? If it goes poorly, just ask yourself, is it, if this goes poorly, is it going to make more happiness in my pool or more sadness or anger in my pool? And that's how you know, should you play this game or not? And that makes it really easy. Brilliantly said. Georgia Dow. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can Thank people you. reach you? You're not going to remember the number, are you? I'm not. Are you going to make me say a number? Yeah. The they can reach you at the center, right? I can, yes. 514-777-4530. That's exactly what number I was going to say. But I bet you know where they can find your videos. Yes, and that I do. can you tell them that? It is anxiety-videos.com. Yes, and Georgia does some wonderful work on those videos, and I, I'm there with her as well. We have a good time. And if you're suffering with anxiety, boundaries, consequences, which is very, very relevant to this topic, check 
check out anxiety-videos.com. Um, so I'd like to thank you, Georgia, once again for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I'd like to thank our listeners from all over the world for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Rich. I'd like to invite you to come back next week. If you're interested in our couple retreats, women retreats, therapy, any media that was mentioned on this show or previous shows, check out healthforanxietydepression.com. Check out our Facebook page too, Straight Talk Sandra Reich. Feel free to leave a question for me or for Georgia. And by the way, remember please to like us while you're there. You can hear this and any other prior show as a podcast on my website, on the podcast app of your iPhone and on the iTunes under Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Um, let's see, what else do I have to say? Have I said it all? Yes. Um, also, the website, I missed that. www.straighttalksandareach.com. And you can email us at info at helpforanxietydepression.com. My God, that's a lot of coms. My name is Sandra Reach, and I promise I'll help you learn to live your best life again next Thursday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, this is Straight Talk with Sandra Reach. Keep your eyes on the stars. Thank you for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. We hope you've enjoyed today's show and we'll tune in again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now, go live your best life. <laughs>